Welcome to X Chateau. X Chateau. The podcast that navigates the business of wine with unique perspectives and insights. With your host, Robert Vernick and Peter Young. Welcome to this episode of X Chateau. Today, we're going to be talking about the Gran Pagos de España, which is establishing the Grand Cruz of Spain through single vineyards. And our guests today are Maria Del Yaro, who is the president of Gran Pagos de España and owner of Veneros Alonso Del Yaro, as well as Enrique Valero, who's the CEO of Abadira Tuerta and part of the executive committee of Gran Pagos de España. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Maria, maybe you could give us a brief overview of your background. Okay. <laughs> I had contact with the world of wine 35 years ago when I moved from Madrid to Logroño because my husband had to run his family's winery located in Rioja. And then we spent five years and we met a lot of wine producers and we fell in love with the world of wine. I'm a translator by profession, French and English. Perhaps that's why I'm used to research about subjects. My curiosity to learn about wine grew when I was in Rioja. With my husband, we started visiting wineries, attending wine tastings, and then finally, in 2002, we created Viñedos Alonso de Hierro in Rivera del Duero. We bought 26 hectares of vineyards. From the beginning, we were really interested in the high-quality wines. We had Stéphane de Renoncourt as a consultant and Claude Bourguignon for the soil consultant. And then, after five years of launching wines to the market with a great acceptance, national and internationally, we applied to join Grandes Powers de España because we share their philosophy 100%. And now I'm the president of Grandes Powers de España. I, I'm really excited to assume the presidency for the next years and I'll do my best to make the association grow in importance in the following years. And Enrique, I just want to say I'm a huge fan of Abadera Tuerta. The selection of Special, I always thought the amazing value for the money, quality wines. Huge fan of that wine. But I was wondering if you could give us your background for both the winery, but also your involvement with the Gran Pagos de España. Thank you. I'm happy to hear that you are a fan of one of our wines. My professional background has always been to link to wine and spirits. I started in 30 years ago, 32 years ago in Diageo, where it was mainly wine and spirits. And then since mid-90s, I've been involved in top premium brands in Spain in the wine industry mainly with Marques de Guignon, González Payas, with the world-renowned uh, Sherry Tio Pepe. And now I have the privilege to be managing Abadía de Tuerta. When I think about my career, I think I have the perfect blend because in the spirits, you're looking more to what is the consumer, the distribution, what is marketing, communication. And in the wine industry, we're looking more to the terroir, no? wines that they have a strong personality. And that blend, I think, is perfect for what I am doing now with Abadera Tuerta. I have the privilege to lead a perfect blend between what is the environment, the history of the location, and the people that is working there. So we can manage that as a perfect blend to reach the market in a very attractive way. And that's why I'm very, very proud of being part of Grandes Pagos de España, being part of the executive committee, and to share the vision with other family owners, uh, winemakers, about the vision, about the terroir, the singularity and the personality of our wines and defend in that way the brand Spain in the top quality wines. Maria, as president, do you think you could give our listeners a background on the history of the Gran Pagos de España and how it came about? 
Well, it dates back from the late 90s. It was in the year 2000 when a small group of pioneering uh, wineries, five wineries, they decided to establish Grandes Pagos de Castilla because they were situated in two regions called Castilla. And three years later, it turned to Grandes Pagos de España to include other wineries from other regions in Spain. Today, we are 35 wineries from all over Spain. Well, the meaning of Pago is uh, like terroir, is a vineyard with different characteristics. It can be by a special soil structure, specific orientation, but it's like the terroir, the climate, the soil, the altitude. Then that's what we look for the wineries that are part of Grandes Pago de España. We look for these wineries that look for single state vineyards and they make great, great wines. Over the years, Grandes Pago de España has grown and then uh, all the wineries are common goal to produce uh, exceptional wines that reflect the true essence of the unique terroir. The 35 wineries are highly representative of the single vineyard diversity in Spain with a power selective from the north, south, west and east and even the island in Spain. Did this organization draw inspiration from its creation from other entities like the VDP in Germany or any other groups? The creation of Grandes Powers España was inspired by other wine entities, especially the VDP and the French concept of Grand Cru and Premier Cru. But the founders of Grandes Powers España looked to these models, but they adapted it to the Spanish context. They wanted to highlight the exceptional quality and uniqueness of wines produced from single state in all Spain, not only in a place like in Bordeaux, like the Grand Cru in Bordeaux. And they emphasized the link between the wine and the specific terroir in doing so. They tried to differentiate these exceptional wines to more generic or bulk produced uh, wines in the Spanish market. Does there happen to be a concentration of wineries in any particular areas? You said the 35 are across Spain, but I don't know if there's more in some regions versus others. Yeah, absolutely across Spain. It's started only in, uh, in two regions, in Castilla, but it's spread a lot alongside all Spain. We have other regions that are not part, we don't have any winery, but we are looking for <laughs> I hope we will find some other wineries in, to cover all the regions in Spain. And so what are the main goals and objectives of the Gran Pagos as an organization? We are centered around promoting and safeguarding the quality and uniqueness of wines. We ensure the member wineries to maintain a high standard of winemaking and viticulture practices to produce wines of exceptional quality and expression. We highlight the influence of terroir. We promote the wines of all the members of the member states within Spain and internationally. We make tastings, we go to fairs, we go to show to everybody the wineries in Spain. We are proud to go with the name Spain all around the world. We foster research and innovation when making techniques, viticulture viticulture and sustainability practices. We make educational and promotional activities. That's what we do. <laughs> and I'm curious, how does the Grampago system work with the Appalachian system? Because the Appalachian system can vary greatly by region in terms of like how consumers understand it. And then there's another system with the Grampago system. How do they work together, if at all? 
it's independent of all these systems, all these DO. We have not only the denomination de origen system, we have other quality categories in Spain, like qualified denomination of origin, protected geographical indication. We have a lot, a lot of different denominations, and all of them can be part of Grandes Powers España. We even have some wineries that have their own appellation of origin status, like Cavadia Retuerta. And then it's independent of the philosophy of Grandes Powers España. What we look is for the best single vineyard wineries and wines that come from these single vineyard wines. You said there was initial five wineries that started the system. I'm curious on why they wanted to expand it and make it broader across all of Spain. The potential could have gained a little bit more attention if they stayed small and focused on their area. Oh, I don't think so. I think they... Unity strength, and then it would be if they grew and if they had more wineries, they could make more force. And there were other wineries that were interested in going in and applying to be in uh, Grandes Powers España, that they share absolutely our philosophy. And then that's when they decided to extend and to change the name from Grandes Powers de Castilla to Grandes Powers de España, just to join all the wineries that share the same philosophy. What are the criteria for entering Grand Pagos? You said you applied and was accepted. So what's the criteria and the process for becoming part of Grand Pagos? The criteria, well, you can go in both directions. We can look for these wineries or vineyards that they accomplish uh, this criteria, or they normally is the opposite. No, they come to us applying to be a member. Unfortunately. Well, fortunately, I would say we are very strict because they must comply with this criteria of having a single vineyard. The source of the grapes is key from this vineyard or these plots. And then there is a quality that they must prove in two directions with minimum five years of recognition internationally with some journalists, contests, awards, recognition in general. And the other one is that we have an internal tasting committee with independent professionals that they will taste the wines, not to qualify the quality, but to classify the personality of those wines. So for us, it's more important rather than the number is the philosophy of these vineyards that they want to apply. Normally, we have like two periods in the year where we have all these applicants and then we decide once they're tasting and they have sent all the information with the executive committee, if they can be part or not of Grandes Pagos. You talk about the vineyard and coming from a special place. Is there a limit to the size of what either minimum or maximum size of that vineyard? Not really, but normally they are small vineyards. No? So you can have a maximum 200 hectares, I would say. But the majority of the Pagos, they are between 25 and 50 hectares in total. In acres, it's uh, between 70 and 150, more or less. Right. And when people apply, is it the winery that applies or is it the vineyard that applies? Is it a specific plot of land? Can that plot of land be owned by multiple wineries or have multiple wineries make wine from it? Normally, in this model, let's say the vineyard and the winery are the same uh, property. Some of them may have long-term, in Spain, it's very typical long-term agreements with vineyards. So you are not the owner, but in fact, you are the owner and you are deciding all the cultural labors that you will make in that vineyard. 
But uh, normally in grandes pagos, I would say 90, 95% is the same property, the vineyard and the winery. And so some of what I'd say is the most famous wineries of Spain, like Vega Sicilia, are not part of the Gran Pago system. Why is that and how does that impact the status of the system? I would love to have, as I said, it's a philosophy what is really important in a private association like the Grandes Pagos de España. No? The criteria is what we have just explained about the vineyard, the personality, the singularity, rather than just to be the top one. In these 23 years, we are conscious and we know that not all those that they accomplish, they are in. Some of them, they will come in the next years. So let's say that in these 23 years, we have been defending a model, a concept, a philosophy that is linked to the location, to the terroir, to the philosophy, to the personality. And some of these wineries are coming gradually to join the Grandes Pagos. But not all of them, they want to be part of this association. And obviously, we respect that. But I'm sure that with the work we are doing in the last 23 years, more and more will come. And for the regulations, it's important that 100% of the estate fruit is required in order to be a Grand Pagos, right? And I'm curious on why, because like a Grand Cru model in Burgundy, it's maybe slightly different, where it's like the site is Grand Cru and then multiple people can make it. Why is that a key in the organization that has to be a state fruit? As Maria explained very well, the philosophy of Grandes Pagos de España, we are not, let's say, an official regulation. We are a private association. We defend a model that is based on the personality of each plot of soil, each small vineyard that must be demonstrated through years, not just to have the documentation or to accomplish some, let's say, bureaucratic topics. So for us, the most important thing is the source of grapes must be from this pago. Pago means plot that must have a personality. It's not just to have the source of the grapes, and then you are a pago, no? You need to have that singularity, that personality, that is not the winery or the viña that says, it's an external committee. And then the second thing is to have a track record of success and recognition internationally and in Spain, no? So that is each vintage must transmit the personality of that pago and that vintage is not the same 2022 and this harvest in 2023. And that must be every year we pass, let's say, that exam before we launch the new vintage that we're going to release by these professionals that they taste in blind the different wines of each winery. No? So quality and singularity are very important for us. And with the classification, is it a specific grape varieties or multiple varieties for that vineyard site? So like this site is good for Tempranillo and Cabernet Sauvignon. Is that part of the classification that you're tethering? The grape variety as well, in terms of that grape variety is reflecting that uniqueness of that Pago. That is exactly the model. We have divided the map of Spain in eight regions. Just to understand the tradition in that region and which are the main grape varietals and what has been tradition, not only in the clone or the grape varietal, but also in the culture of the people that believe them, that they have been cultivating the land, the vineyard and uh, producing these wines. So that is why it's not a geographical denomination. It's Spain and the islands of Spain. It's not just one grape. We could have the Tempranillo, but we have a Spain's diversity is tradition and innovation, but we have been producing wines for more than 2,000 years. So that is what we think makes us unique, and we need to respect that tradition. 
looking also with to innovation also what uh, we want to transmit uh, with the association is that diversity that uh, personality but you may have a uh, sherry wine that has nothing to do with sparkling wine from Corpinat or a red uh, tempranillo from uh, Ribera del Duero or a white uh, albariño from Galicia no so the singularity and the personality of the different grapes is what we are trying to defend and to bring together to the market just to understand the diversity of Spain. And so using Abadero Tuerta as an example, what percentage of the wines that you make fall underneath as a Gran Pago wine? Well, now we have the whole state as a Grandes Pagos de España. No? So from the Selección Especial that uh, you know well, that is the personality of three, four great paritas from our own state. No? And then the most singular, for example, the Petit Verdot, no? that is very unique and it's only less than one hectare. No? So both can live uh, together, but what uh, we need to transmit is the personality of the Abadía Retuerta wines, that is to respect for the personality of this terroir in this region at this altitude and with all the things we have been doing in the last 35 years. Okay, so and is that common for all the other wineries that all of their production is under the Gran Pago system or does it vary by winery? Some of the wineries, they may have a bigger, a large uh, vineyard and not the whole winery is part of that, okay? So it's only those wines that they can demonstrate that singularity, that personality, and that is what is part of Grandes Pagos de España. That is a very important question you made because sometimes the mentality is that being very big, you cannot produce this, let's say, singularity. So in some cases, only part of those wineries are the grandest pagos. It's that brand, that plot that they can demonstrate traceability of the source of the grapes and the personality that will be tasted by our experts. Okay. I guess from a consumer perspective, I'm curious on how the Grand Pagos system is interpreted by the consumer in terms of what style they're going to get. Because unlike the VDP, there's a lot more grape varieties in Spain. You're covering a wide location as well. What do you hope that when someone sees that it's a Grand Pago wine, that should be communicating in terms of style or quality and things like that? Well, as we explained, it's like Grand Cru, but it's all over Spain. So each part of Spain is different, obviously. Altitude, latitude, sun hours, cultural grapes growing, in vine growing. So what you will taste is diversity and personality. That is the main philosophy. You cannot produce a tempranillo in the south like in the north. So, for example, in Abadierra Torta, we have a Grandes Pagos tasting in our wine tourism. So you can taste all over Spain that singularity in one winery. No? So you can taste, for example, one grape in different altitudes with different types of soils, and you will taste that tempranillo. It's not the same in Priorat, that in Rivera, that in Rioja, than in Ronda no? in the south. So that is the important, is to maintain the singularity of that uh, Grand Cru in that specific location. So what people will see with Grandes Pagos is like from a big wine country, wine producing country like Spain, is that taste, that diversity, that personality. You cannot make the same wine everywhere. That is what we want to transmit. So how does the Grand Pagos Association work for members? What are the fees associated with it and what benefits do they receive as being a part of it? We want economic issue can never be a concern or impediment for a winery that wants to join Grandes Powers de España. 
Moreover, we value small projects that can bring richness and diversity. That's why our quota system is based on the number of bottles produced by each winery. I must thank larger wineries like Badia Retuerta for the generosity to pay a higher fee to belong to the association in order to favor the smaller ones. We have three different levels of quotas, artisan wineries. There are less than 40,000 bottles, medium wineries, up to 150,000 bottles, and large wineries, more than 150,000 bottles. I want to remark that we don't have any winery that have more than 500,000 bottles in the association. So what benefits do they receive as being part of the organization? We offer our members the opportunity to associate with other prestigious wineries that share a commitment to producing exceptional wines. We make networking that can lead to valuable connections within the industry and they can collaborate with like-minded producers. We promote members' wineries and their power wines, both within Spain and on an international level, where we make tastings, events, fairs that provide all the members opportunities to showcase their wines to wine professionals, journalists, consumers. We participate in this event to help members to reach a broader audience and build brand appreciation. We also offer educational programs, seminars, workshops. By being part of Grandes Parts de España, the members are associated with a label that represents quality and excellence. The association, they set strict criteria for power wines. They meet the standards that can enhance the reputation of the member wineries. While they support the production of high-quality wines from specific terroirs, and we contribute to preserve the cultural and historical heritage of winemaking in Spain. And for Gran Pagos, is there a symbol on the bottle that'll let the consumer know that's a Gran Pagos wine? Are there specific requirements that are on the bottles? No, there is not any. We have a small label when we own Grandes Pagos España. Really, the meaning is that this wine comes from a single vineyard of high quality. And so as an organization, the Grand Pagos, what wine markets are Grand Pagos most focused on in terms of communicating this system? Well, on markets, obviously Spain is our main market where we started being small and growing gradually. And then focus on those markets where top quality wines, they have already a tradition and these consumers, they appreciate the drinking wines with a strong personality, not just a volume or price. So these markets are normally USA, where we have four or five states focus. Mexico, they value Spanish quality wines, UK and Switzerland. All these are the four main focus internationally talking and where we want to extend these programs that we have in place right now. And say that also, we need to consider what we call witness the markets, where these markets that they have an influence on other markets, and obviously USA is key for us due to the tradition of wine magazines, wine blogs, wine activities, programs, and the way you approach where you want to really taste wines with a strong personality, and then you ask for reliable information, technical, historical. So their habit of knowing about Spanish top quality Grand Cruz. And I'm curious, because you mentioned that the Spanish market is the primary market. 
are they then marketed differently? Like if you were to go into a wine store in Spain, would you see the Gran Pagos wines kind of grouped together as a way of like differentiating that if you were in a wine store? Yeah. Gradually, we have been investing in these programs, marketing and communication. As Maria explained, we have a lot of benefits. One is the technical side. That is very, very important to share that vision. And the other one is how we market and promote our concept. And gradually, you can see more and more white clothes restaurants, PDOs, protected denominations over the years. And some of them, they are starting to have the grandest pagos de España. It's not yet massive. But that means that the top premium restaurants and wine shops, they want to talk about that. The other thing is that in Spain is growing also wine shops. They want to offer more than just volume. They are asking us continuously to have programs for the customers to taste the grandes powers. No? So normally we prepare events where we have between seven and 10 wineries that the consumers, they can taste. And those programs are very attractive no? because at the end of the day, what we were talking before, no? you can taste the diversity in one association that transmits the personality of that terroir, of that region. And do you think that the Grand Pagos wineries target markets or major markets for this are different than other target markets for Spanish wine? Or do you think there is a lot of overlap? Yeah, for us, the size of our wineries is between 40,000 bottles or less to maximum half a million or less. So we cannot be a retail supermarket wine and we cannot create new markets, let's say. So Spain is diversity and other wineries play that role and that is fine and is very necessary. But for us, we have clear that we need to go to those markets that they are mature in the sense that they understand about wines more than average. They want to pay a little bit more to recognize that value and they want to taste diversity. I can see that also in my place that we also have a hotel, is that consumers or tourists, they don't want to drink what they drink at their country in another country. So they want to understand local. And that is very important for Grandes Pagos de España. No? I think now what is happening after COVID mainly is that people, they want to really understand a location, a terroir, the culture of the location, the gastronomy, obviously the wines. So all that is in our favor in the sense that those markets, they don't want just to drink wine. They want to understand a vineyard, a family, a winemaker, a territory at the end. No? And that is our philosophy. So I must uh, recognize and I'm very proud of the founders of Grandes Pagos de España no? because they had that vision almost 25 years ago. You know, we are in Spain, the biggest vineyard in the world close to 1 million hectares. But in those 1 million hectares, you have a lot of personality, singularity, and that is what is making Spain different. No? And Grandes Pagos has that role of trying to associate these vineyards with this philosophy. That's very, very important to understand. And it won't happen overnight, but it's starting to be happening. No? I would assume that the average price point for a Gran Pagos wine, if you like, took them all and made an average price, is considerably higher than the average price of all Spanish wine. Yeah. Spanish export wines are not very expensive. It's one of our pending issues. Okay. In Grandes Pagos, we are, I would say, minimum between four or five times average, the minimum price. So in the States, we can be selling from a minimum, let's say, $40 more or less, 
up to 200, 300, whatever. No? So what have been the biggest successes of the Gran Pagos organization over the nearly 25 years it's been in existence? Wine from Grandes Powers España's wineries have received great scores and awards, prestigious international competitions. Their wines have been praised by experts and critics, and they help to project the quality and uniqueness of the association on a global scale. The association has worked hard in promoting the wines at national and international events. And the participation in these wine fairs and tasting has allowed them to showcase the quality and the authenticity of their members' wines to a broader and diverse audience. We have developed the wine tourism in Grandes Powers de España. We contributed to the growth of the wine tourism in Spain. We have the product. Tell you, we have a product that you can come to the winery. We are in Liberal Duero and you can taste other wines from other regions in Spain and you can compare and people really love that visit. I think it's one of our success. We have successfully consolidated the brand and identity in the wine industry with the label Grandes Parts de España. It has become a hallmark of quality and authenticity, our position now as a producer of high-end wines. We have been a driving force in promoting the sustainable practices in viticulture, and we have advocated for environmentally friendly techniques and biodiversity conservation, and we contribute to the preservation of the natural surroundings. And we have been also a platform for enological innovation. Twice a year, we make a meeting for all the winemakers and all the technical people from the wineries, and they exchange what they think, and they have tastings, and it's really very, very interesting, and they learn a lot, all the wineries, one from others. As an organization, do you have key metrics or anything like that that help you measure the performance and success of the Gran Pagos as an organization and if it's doing its job for its members? So we have a lot of KPIs at the very beginning with people that assist to our events. How many people drank Grandes Pagos de España? Remember that in this 25 years, we started with a concept that was not clear enough because it was not a regional appellation. So that was very important. We measure a lot results that we have from PR and communication. So the splittings and all these things. And that is a way also to measure if the concept of Grandes Pagos is being understood in the market. And then we have a track record of the last 10 years with these tastings that we make flights every three, four months, more or less with the new vintages, new applicants. So everything we try to measure, that is one of the things that we are always fighting for is uh, data. The other thing is that uh, we do a lot of uh, tastings with uh, professionals, with associations. There we are building a CRM, a database, where we can have our philosophy at the end of the day is that a sommelier or a professional in wine will be traveling with those brands that help during the, their career. No? So we are trying to transmit this philosophy. And in Spain, you have an official body that is called Cámaras de Comercio, that they have very good wine courses for professionals. And Grandes Pagos is part of that. So all that is in a database. So we maintain regular regular contact with these uh, sommeliers. So there are a lot of forms that we are improving year on year, but we are already measuring a lot. 
you come to one of our annual general meetings, you will be surprised at the activity that the association has. It's unbelievable. What have been the most effective campaigns or marketing techniques that the organization has done so far? Well, in 2003, when they cooperated in the definition of the Spanish Vino de Pago, single state wine, the law of Spanish Vino de Pago, we have made from then marketing efforts involving multiple member wineries to impact. Um, we make a lot of campaigns, a lot of tastings and events. Like I told you, during the year, it's every day we have an event or a tasting or something, or we meet uh, the journalists of the wineries. We invite to come to meet us and to taste all the wines. And then I think that's really our success. And that's uh, what's making us to be uh, really known in the market. We host educational events for consumers, for trade professionals. And then they really understand the concept of terroir. We partner with uh, wine influencers, with sommeliers, and we try to have links with other associations and to exchange the knowledge. And have you seen any of those techniques or any of those initiatives that you've worked on do better than others? Do you get more impact from working with uh, trade tastings versus consumer education, or I'm just making it up, but do some work better than others? It depends. When it's outside, for example, in the U.S., to go together to make a big tasting of all the wines, it has a lot of attention. But in Spain, we get told you the tasting with the sommeliers, it works very well. They go to the restaurant later and they have the wines from Grandes Paus de España in their mind. And then it helped to promote the Grandes Paus de España Association. So Grand Pavos is launching a terroir workshop series with brand ambassadors specifically for the Grand Pavos wines in the fall of 2023. What is this program and how does it help fit in terms of promoting the Grand Pavos wines of Spain? Well, this is a new initiative that is really important and for us is going to be the key strategic for the future. No, We believe that education, curiosity, data, all the information is really important for the wine industry, for the sommeliers, for professionals, and for consumers that they want to have a wine culture that is above average. So we are very excited to launch in this uh, global education program that uh, will go beyond traditional wine studies and present this terroir culture in a new level. So we started working long time ago, but especially in the last year and a half, preparing all the information. And this, we already have, the boot was in Miami, was before summer. Now in the fall, we'll start in the USA and in Mexico to transmit and to share all the information that we have of our 35 wineries. And more than that, about the concept in a way that we hope would be attractive and where we will transmit the philosophy of the single viñas pagos from Spain, how we maintain and we promote that viticulture, that culture. And so how do you choose and train these brand ambassadors? That is the key for us. At the end of the day, I think one of the mistakes we made in the Spanish industry as a whole is that we wanted to go everywhere talking about ourselves, and that is very important, no? But I think that it's important also to go through professional people that they really understand the consumer and the professional's mentality in each country. 
let's say that uh, we need to be local, more than local or international, is local. No? So it's to understand how people want to receive the information, what is really attractive, and then prepare. We have chosen a company that we are very happy so far with uh, Gregory and Vine, and they help it uh, to first to have all the information clear with photos, data, curiosities, interviews, and that is really, really important because at the end of the day, our wine is more than just what you drink, it's the whole territory. The second thing, they help us to define three ambassadors that they have proven experience in wine teaching. It's not just people that they taste well, it's that they know how to reach our target audience and that they have recognition in their areas in two ways, in the way they explain, obviously, and they transmit uh, our message, and also in the way they are already known in the region to attract these professionals and these people. So all this, we have done that during the last year and a half. And obviously, it was very important that these uh, three ambassadors, they came with uh, Gregory and Vine to visit our properties, to interview our winemakers, the wine growers, to see the region, to taste the wines with the local gastronomy. All this is very important before you start to talk about Grand Espago. So I think the homework has been pretty well organized in a very professional way. And now is the time to go to the market and to implement. So we are very committed with this project and it's going to be the main activity in the next three, five years. And so these brand ambassadors will host these terroir workshops. Who is the target audience for those workshops? Is You had mentioned sommeliers in the past. Is it more trade or is it consumer facing? We have designed more for professionals, for trade. Let's say wine professionals, sommeliers, wine journalists, people that they are in wine shops. But we have discovered that also there is a huge interest in consumers that they are above average. What I like about the American mentality is the word uh, focus. No? So we need to be focused, will be more for, let's say, professionals. Aside on that, we'll organize some for these uh, consumers, this uh, wine club, that they want to see something different and more unique. So we'll combine that, but the focus is professionals and people that they really will be our gatekeepers. They will understand. I think they will love the concept of Grandes Pagos de España. Obviously, they will love our wines, our histories, and obviously some of them, when they come to Spain, they will visit our properties, our vineyards, they will talk to our winemakers, and that will be growing year on year. So professionals is the main, main target. So speaking of the next three to five years outside of the terroir workshop, what are the core challenges and opportunities for the Gran Pagos? What are you looking forward to for the next few years? Well, the first one is the climate change. <laughs> As you can see, it's affecting the viticulture and wine production already. Grandes Pagos de España will need to adapt to these changes and find ways to mitigate the impacts in other vineyards. Another challenge is the global competition. The international wine market is highly competitive. We need to maintain the reputation for quality and uniqueness to continue standing out among other high-end wine producers globally. Also, the sustainability and social responsibility, the demand of sustainably produced and socially responsible wines is increasing every day. The association, they may face the challenge of adopting more sustainable practices, 
We have adopted a lot, but we need to adopt even more. We have to meet market and consumer expectations. The opportunities, I think the wine tour is really increasing and it's a growing opportunity for Grandes Paros Espanol wineries. The communication, an effective communication can help spread the story and value of Grandes Paros Espanol wines. With the terror workshop, I think we will do it. We can explore opportunities of collaboration of partnerships with other organizations related to the wine industry and to new markets and facilitate knowledge and the resource change. As we wrap up the episode, we like to end on a personal note. We are curious, what was the most memorable wine that you've each had in the past year and who did you drink it with? A few months ago to celebrate the birth of our 14th grandchild, two months ago, we opened a bottle of Cortijo de los Aguilares Pinot Noir 2019 to drink with all our children. We have five children. And all of them married, so I have 10 children now. <laughs> Cortijo Los Aguilares, it's one of the wineries belonging to Grandes Powers de España, and they produce incredible wines. They are located in the heart of Ronda Mountains in Malaga, in southern Spain. They make a beautiful and unique Pinot Noir. We open a bottle to celebrate. We enjoy it a lot. <laughs> and what about you, Enrique? Well, for me, as I transmitted Grandes Pagos, you have a lot of passion, people behind the wines, and good friends. We share a vision and philosophy. The most uh, important thing, I think, is the human factor. So, unfortunately, one of our key members, Xavier Gramona, passed away last week after an accident in his winery. Honestly, I enjoyed very much a bottle that he gave me of three lustros, one of the top uh, sparkling wines from Gramona with my wife. When I came here, I received that sad notice. And obviously it was very sad because Xavier and I have been always members of the state executive committee. He's the vice president of Grandes Pagos and the other one, the other vice president also in this executive committee. And instead of crying, I decided to open this bottle with my wife, with a good Iberian ham, Puerto de Santa Maria. And instead of a sherry, I had this sparkling wine to toast for Xavier. It's a big loss. It is. What uh, we have had in the Spanish wine industry and in Gramona and obviously in Grandes Pagos. But he's a good friend and I wanted to tribute him drinking one of his top sparkling wines from Cortinat. That's a great way to celebrate someone. Well, thank you both for sharing those personal notes. We want to thank you both for sharing so much information on Gran Pagos de España. It's interesting to hear how each country is approaching these diversification of their sites in a different way. And we appreciate all this context that you were able to provide us today. Thank you very much. Thank you to you both. I don't know you, Maria, but I have been very comfortable. Me too. I like to share. It's a pity <laughs> we cannot share a glass of a good wine, but someday we will taste physically in the States or in Spain. You are more than invited. Obviously, if you come to Spain, you are more than invited to come to visit us. Thank you very much. That sounds great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. If you loved this episode of X Chateau, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, cheers. <laughs>